The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. I always like to normalise the experience, which can sound odd, but every single person I have ever come into contact with, friends, family, clients, has struggled with their self-esteem at some point and has had seasons of their lives where they're not feeling themselves. Hello, sunshine, and welcome to She Was a Fire. It's time to stop dancing in the dark. Let's light your fire and ignite your spark. I'm your host, Courtney Mangan, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I have another guest coming at you, and today I'm chatting with women's empowerment coach, Laura Grady, and we're discussing everything about self-development and confidence. But before we get into today's episode, quick call to action. Make sure that you are following me on Instagram at Courtney Mangan and tag me in your stories if you are listening. All right, let me tell you about Laura. So as I said, Laura is a women's empowerment coach and also a fulfillment mentor. So she helps women, I guess she has said, manifest their desires, which as you know, I have issues with manifesting. But for me, it's more about like goal setting and achieving their desires and just sort of like being inspired, living in alignment and without I guess, having so much burnout in your life. She really works on that whole burnout concept that I think so many of us can relate to at the moment. And for the past few years, she has coached and mentored thousands of women all over the world. And she just helps them create the life that they desire. And she does it all online through her coaching business and just helps women step into their like most confident, empowered and authentic selves. So basically her aim is to make all of her clients realize their own power and I think she says, claim it fearlessly. So why I wanted to have Laura on today is because I watch her on Instagram and I just think that I really like how she is just always showing up about supporting other women. And you know how I'm always talking about that on this podcast, women supporting women and empowering each other and lifting each other up. And so much about what I try to do is about having other women feel confident in themselves to be who they are, be authentically who they are and sort of have no shame in that. And so that's so much about what Laura is about too. So I thought that she would come on and because she trains people in this, this is like her job. She has so many tangible tips to help you feel more confident. And we learn a lot more about like self-development, what that means, because there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment about self-care and loving yourself. And I think some people think it's like a bubble bath every weekend and it's so much more than that. And so we sort of dive into that whole world. So let's let Laura speak for herself. Let's bring in Laura. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. I think that you're only my second guest that I've done like via the internet, the cloud, whatever, you're in another place, I'm here. <laughs> really? I'm the second one? Oh, I feel honoured. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I usually have like people come in and like, see them face to face because obviously technology is so great, but it is kind of hard. There's a little bit of a delay to like get that like real connection, but I feel like your yeah. whole job is like getting connection through online. So I think we'll be good today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think we'll be okay. Uh, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we kick off anything, I always start with a fire starter song, which is a song that just gets you like in a good mood and hyped up and ready to go. I have a whole playlist on Spotify if anybody wants to check that out. But Laura, what is your fire starter song? My fire starter song is "I Believe" by Yolanda Adams. that song in Honey when they're dancing at the end. Oh, yeah, I love that song. 
Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah. a real throwback. I, I love that. All the time. <laughs> yeah, I play it all the time, like nearly every day. <laughs> oh, wow. It really is your fire starter. Yeah, Mine today is Diamonds by Rihanna. that shine bright like a diamond, which I feel like is kind of what we're going to be talking about today. All right, well, let's ignite today's topic. So we're going to be talking about like a a whole bunch of things, but Laura specializes in like empowering women and helping us lead like a more fulfilled life. So that's kind of the direction that we'll go in today's episode. So usually I like to talk about like how I know each guest because I usually just speak to people that I already have a connection with. And I guess Laura and I are just like online people that met, I guess, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I found you through Shani Grimmond. She had been talking on yeah. and on and on and on and on and on and on about how her whole life was changed. <laughs> She's been working with this coach and she had already, I think, worked with you at the time, but she was talking about in the past how she'd worked with you. And I was like, what has yeah. like changed this woman's life? So I kind of like went through like the people she was following to kind of like find out who it could have been. And then I found your page and then I was like, this must be the woman. And then you were following me. So I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. So that's kind of like yeah. how I discovered you. How did you kind of know me I guess I heard I don't know whose podcast I heard you on but I heard you speaking about your journey um and I listened to it and I was like wow the way you speak and how resilient you are about your whole cancer journey was just so inspiring to me that I was like I have to I need to know what this woman does (laughs) and I watched all your stuff and I'm like oh this is really cool um (laughs) to see your perspective so yeah I I was inspired by um your ability to move through life the way that you do. It's pretty, pretty powerful. Oh, that's really sweet. And then obviously we've worked together. We've done like stuff for the wild ones. You've been on their podcast. So yes. it's just been more that yeah. really like Instagram relationship. And I just follow along with you. I love that like empowering women vibe, obviously. So it's like right yeah. up my alley. Um, all right. So that's kind of how we know each other, but let's sort of talk more about you, Laura. So tell us a bit about like your background, where you grew up, how you got into this sort of line of work, what you've done in previous jobs, cool. share a little bit about yourself. Cool. So I grew up in Melbourne, Australia, and I had a fairly, um, like pretty, pretty privileged, like, I'm, you know, I'm a white woman, pretty privileged. And I, <laughs> I grew up in a household with very hard workers. Both of my parents were incredibly hard workers. And uh, yeah, we, you know, there was lots of interesting things that happened in my childhood that were, Ooh. you know, little turn the line not so great but also some really amazing parts of my childhood as well and so um, I was brought up to be an incredibly hard worker and always aspired to be do create as much as I could as a kid Um, I mean like you know I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this but my, my parents have always run businesses so I was at the age of like 11 shoveling dog shit sorry pardon my French but shoveling dog shit (laughs) at their dog kennel (laughs) like on the weekend oh my god wow yeah I'm not kidding so I'm like as about I've done just about anything (laughs) so you learned that like hustle life at a long age then 
Oh, absolutely. And I think it's it was really great. It was really it was really lovely that I was able to learn so much about hard work and the, the importance of it. And, you know, if you want to get somewhere in life, you do have to work hard. I don't love to subscribe to that belief anymore. I do believe you have to work hard, but I think there's an easier way. I think I was a little bit too hard on the hustle <laughs> lifestyle. It was a bit burnout kind of vibes. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in that environment. I was always interested in psychology. My whole family is. So my brother, he is like doing his master's in social work. I am a coach. I oh, study wow. psychology. Like we're all heavily into it, which gives you a little indication of what <laughs> our life was like. Um, but yeah, so we, we've always been super into it. As a kid, I was, um, I, my mum was really into like the woo-woo stuff. So she would bring out crystals and tarot cards. And so I started to get into that kind of world too. So I had this like space where I really loved psychology, loved helping and was interested in that as a young teenager. And then as I started to, yeah, develop, I was um, interested in the woo-woo stuff too. I love the woo-woo. Like I'm such a big fan of it. Not (laughs) everyone is. And that's so fine. Like I have no, you don't have to be. But for me, I'm like, "Mm, I love woo-woo. Um, so yeah, got really into the woo-woo stuff, got into, um, acting as a way of expressing my emotions, which sounds odd, but when you're acting, you get to experience an array of emotions and you get to embody an array of emotions that in normal day life, probably frowned upon. Yeah, it's probably frowned upon. (laughs) So um, I yeah started to get into acting as a like in the late teens, and um, then did a little bit of work in the acting space. Did like pretty okay. Consider like in the Australian space, it's hard to do anything other than like home and away or neighbors. Like it's hard to yeah. kind of get work. There's not much work out there. Um, so yeah. yeah, did a few different things. Um, I. Yeah, there was stuff that went over to the States where I I can't remember if I was nominated for an award or if I won one. I have no idea, but there was something <laughs> in a women's film festival and I can't remember what actually happened, but there was some oh stuff God. going on and over what there. Was, what was that for? Like what, like show or movie? Yeah, so it was for a short film and it was all around like uh, an, an abusive, toxic relationship and um, I was the one in the abusive, toxic relationship. And it was a beautiful short film. Like it was really, really lovely. So I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know. It went well over there. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> and then, of course, you were on Jamae as well. Jamae's yeah. private yeah. school. What's it? That's, yeah. Jamae private school girl. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about um, like what that experience was like? How long were you recording that show for? I must have been. I was in my late years in high school and we were recording I think for like eight weeks or so and um it was really cool it was really great like I have very fond memories looking back I also feel like not just that experience but any of the acting stuff that I did I feel like it's a different lifetime which sounds odd (laughs) yeah well it does feel like a different life because you're like all about like this female empowerment and you played like a character that I guess would be described as like the mean girls group with Jermaine's yeah. friends, right? So, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. I mean, you didn't really have like, I wouldn't, 
everything that I've seen from no. the show, there's not like a huge amount of lines from everybody. It's no. like mostly no. Jermaine just talking yeah. and people reacting to her. Um, yeah. But yeah, you win like this mean girl group and then now you do this like female empowerment. You actually do a lot <laughs> of reels online about like letting go of your mean girl as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, she like literally represented that for a lot of us in a short period of time there." So, what Absolutely. is um, what's Chris? What's Chris Lilly like? He's great. He's fantastic. He is um very grounded. Uh, when we were working with him, because like also you know the 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 girls, we were all very young, and he was like in his thirties or forties. So we, you know, he's not going to like interact and be the best of friends with yeah. us because it would have been odd and strange. Yeah, he'd done so. <laughs> Um, but no, he was really lovely to work with such a lovely guy, very down to earth. Um, and the, the biggest impression that I got from him, and I know that he's like quite open, he has been quite open with this in the past. He hated the spotlight. Like he really didn't like fame or being recognized. Yeah. It made him really uncomfortable. And so if anyone was kind of like fan fanning over him, he was, he instantly would like shut down. And so yeah, but he was such oh. a nice person. Was he like really funny off camera? Um, he observes everyone, so okay, he watches he's, like, taking you. Taking so, impressions. <laughs> yeah, so with because all of us girls, like you know, he would sometimes watch us as we were doing things, and then we would see um, that the script would get changed, and he would add in something that we'd said from the day before to make it really. Oh wow! Life. So, yeah, we always like don't say anything us. around him in case he uses it. <laughs> no, not in like a mean way. It was just to make sure that he was getting the. Um, I'm assuming. I actually have never asked, but um, I'm assuming it was just to un- make sure that he was getting the right kind of language. Because yeah, yeah. It, he was. Yeah, he's pretty clever. He's a bit of a genius, really. Bit of a genius. Oh, well, I mean, to be able to take on so many different roles, like entirely different, is like pretty crazy. Um, so you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then you obviously finished doing that. Did you do more acting beyond that? And when did the acting kind of stop for you? Yeah, I did acting for another couple of years, um, and like just had like little roles here and there. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, I went over to this to the US um, and was trying to see, like dip my toe in a little bit, see what was out there. And I hated the US. Like I hated oh, LA. Really? I I could not stand it. Like I love the experience of being there, don't get me wrong. I met a lot of really great people. But it was just not for me. Like I feel like I'm a bit of, I'm probably like a well-spoken bogan at times and I just did not fit in. Like I was like, I am not right for this place. I can't, I can't suck up people. Like I'm not, I'm not good at this. Like, oh. I don't know who you are. I'm not going to suck you up. It just was an odd yeah. experience for me. So, um, yeah, I, I really loved it. But I was also like, oh, you can see how women get into really sticky situations over here, that was my impression of it. I was like, I don't know, the oh, vibe wow. feels off, something feels wrong, I don't like it. Um, and so I came back and was like, yeah, you know, and I'd always been studying on and off. I'd been studying psychology on and off and, like, I'd always had that as kind of not a backup plan, but it was like I know I'm going to do this eventually, so I just need to figure out when that's going to happen. And um, I remember coming back being like I need to find something else and as I was at uh, uni, I was studying other different bits and pieces. And um, then I came across this this NLP course and I was like, huh. And I had this weird like full body, I have to do this. This doesn't make any logical sense 
it really made none. Like when I say it made no sense, wow. I really mean it made no sense to do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this will, be help- this will be helpful to be able to communicate better to people and this will help me with my job in the future. Do you want to explain what NLP is? Oh, uh, yeah. So that's um, essentially, uh, it's, a, it's a form of coaching. It's called neurolinguistic programming. Uh, and it just, I like to say it helps you understand the language of the mind and shift it. So it's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> so yeah. I was interested in that. I fell into that course. And then, yeah, within like six months I had, because it's a quite a short course. It was short at the time. I know that they make it longer now, which is good. It needs to be longer. Um, and then I started to coach and then kept studying and started doing woo-woo stuff and other certifications. And then, yeah, now we're here. That's my journey. Yeah, and you're coaching like hundreds and probably thousands of women all up now that you've been doing this for so many years, right? Yeah, I mean, I I thought of it yesterday because I had a bit of a moment. I have a group program happening and I had a bit of a moment to myself where I got really teary after the first session working with them because I'm honoured to do this. Like I don't take it lightly. I, to, to have so many people trust me with helping them transform, I don't take that lightly. I think it's... Um, it's really beautiful and it's it's my dream and like I feel like I'm living out my purpose and my dream and um yeah I was thinking like oh I wonder how many people I've worked with this year so far and uh it was like 350 women have done my courses or taken part in something that um you know some way or another so it was pretty cool and have you seen like a a big uptake in people wanting to do this because of COVID and they've got you know they're at home and they need this kind of extra support yeah definitely definitely and I think uh it's yeah COVID's really made it more important than than ever before because you can't distract yourself and it's hard to numb yourself out so if you have stuff yeah. that's going on and you're like, mm, I'm not sure about like this job or this relationship, it's hard to ignore it when you're locked down. Yeah, exactly. It really has heightened everything and just showed the, I think just for the general population, it's really heightened the importance of mental health and self-care and things mm-hmm. like that. So people are seeking out that extra support. I'd love to know like who, not necessarily who, but like how did you get that first client that you were coaching and were you like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, um, to be frank, like sort of shitting my pants. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I was excited because obviously I'd done the training and I'm pretty, I can talk to most people. I'm pretty good at talking to people, but, um, I, no, I I remember when I first started, I actually took on, like, I think it must've been 10 people. And I said, I'll do free coaching with you because I wanted to make sure that I was good at it like I I didn't want to just do this and start charging through the roof because you can't do that it's just out of integrity um so I yeah we took on like I think five to ten people and did it for literally nothing and then I would charge like really minimal amounts gave so much support to make sure that people felt supported in the process and then as my confidence grew as I started working with more people um it just became a lot easier to be able to uh, have more clients come and work with me, I suppose. Wow. And just w- word of mouth is everything. So if someone enjoys the work that you do and they enjoy the way that you interact with them, then, you know, it usually takes off on its own. Wow. And um, what kind of like we're talking about this coaching. So can you tell us a little bit about like what does it entail and what is it that you focus on as a coach? 
It's a really good question because I feel like I can sometimes be a jack of all trades. Yeah, so I, when it comes to coaching specifically, I typically say that my clients come to me and they have certain goals and they want to feel a certain way about their life and not feel that way all the time because it's physically impossible, but they have certain goals that they want to get to and feel more confident about themselves uh, and they have stuff that's currently in their life now holding them back um, and stuff from the past that might be holding them back and they're not probably taking action in alignment with what they value strongly or where they want to be and they need support and guidance on getting there. So my job as a coach is like if you feel like you're at this point and you want to get to this point, you know, you have a goal to move some somehow some way if it's emotionally or career-wise or if this is you know uh, in terms of a relationship my job is to help you close the gap seamlessly so that you get there faster and I'm not here to say that like I'm some whiz or magician because I'm absolutely not like there's tools that I've learned over the, the the period of me working with people that make it a lot easier to to have that fast have, have that happen fast but um I believe that all transformation is self-transformation. My job is just to help you close the gap and make it happen faster. So when I kind of sat down to like write the questions today, um, sometimes I like to like just write sort of bullet points. Sometimes I need to make sure there's more specific things. And I was like, what direction? Because as you said, you are kind of like jack of all trades. I was like, what direction do I want (laughs) to take this in? Um, And I was sort of like thinking about what's best. But I think that I just want to make sure that like we're giving a few tangible tips today. Obviously, we can't give away all of your secrets. People got to pay for that. Um, (laughs) But I want to give like some tangible tips and like really break everything down today so I think the best place to start to like really kick off the more tangible stuff is like tell us like what is self-development and why is it important because I think we throw around a lot of terms like self-care and mental health and all these things like you know great terms that we should all be like learning more about but like not everybody knows some people think that like a bubble bath is like that's it you know what I mean you meditate and that's it and I think that understanding a bit more about this and unpacking it is really important. So what is self-development and why is it important? So uh, self-development, personal development, it is all about taking steps to better yourself and to help you grow and to help you live a uh, more fulfilling life. That's the best way that I can describe it. So like, you know, you you take part in activities that will develop your sense of self Um, and the way that you interact with people, how you communicate so that you are growing and you're reaching your fullest potential. So um, that's probably what I would say self-development is. It's like undertaking activities and, you know, being mindful and aware and wanting to grow. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of fears that come up when it comes to self-development. Like some people are really afraid to go into it because some people think like, what am I going to find if I go in and I go have a look? Yeah. What am I going to find? What am I unpacking here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what am I unpacking? Yeah, like, it, it, you know, some people really feel that way. Uh, also, our egos don't want us to even go there because if you're saying, like, oh, I want to develop myself, then that would presuppose that there is something currently wrong. And it's not necessarily that something has to be wrong in order for you to do personal development or self-development. It might just be like, no, I want to live a more fulfilling life. I want to feel really good about my life and I want to be more in touch with my emotions and allow them to move through me as they need to. So it's not about like, you know, you have to be in the darkest place to do personal development or self-development. I like to say that, you know, at all different phases of your life and in all different seasons, it's really helpful and beneficial. 
Love that. And I think that the the main thing that we're seeing at the moment is like me time seems to be the main yeah. like thing you can do for yourself, me time. And it's like yeah. just that bubble bath or sitting down and reading a book. But like really self-development has to be about so much more. It's about putting yeah. the work in. And yeah. like that was something that was a big game changer for me last year. I really started to, I, t- I talk a lot about self-development on this podcast, obviously. And last yeah. year was the sort of catalyst for me, my cancer stuff where I was like, oh, you know, cancer's big and bad and that could be a bad thing for my mental health. So I need to be proactive. And so I started to like unpack all of this stuff. And I did a course I've spoken about on um, yeah. online as well. And that was kind of like had the biggest impact me and really kicked off this journey for mm-hmm. me because um, I was putting the work in. It wasn't just about me yeah. like taking time out for myself. It was about doing like proactive stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things we should probably talk about first as well, because one of the biggest game changers for me was this talk around negative belief systems or like limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs. And that was something I hadn't really ever thought about before. I was never in this like self-development kind of world before. And hearing that I was like, oh, what are these? I don't, what are these? I don't have these. But then when I sat down yeah. and like journal about it, I was like, well, I have a lot of these. What the hell? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so can you, let's talk a little bit about negative belief systems, because I think that that's kind of where you, for me, that's where it kind of all kicked off starting from that base of like, what are these limiting beliefs I might have or negative belief systems that might be limiting from me getting to that like peak of my self-development. So what is like a negative belief system? Cool. Oh, I love that. Firstly, I just want to say so awesome that you were proactive because it's not always easy. Most people, they're not proactive around it. So it's really inspiring. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I don't like to say that beliefs are negative or positive. I'm quite neutral about them. And so a belief is essentially just a thought that we keep having over and over and over again to the point where it becomes our truth and we live it and we don't even identify that it is limiting or positive or whatever it might be. It's just our truth. It becomes part of our our identity to a degree. So I like to say a belief, yeah, again, it's a thought that you keep thinking over and over again. So an example might be, um, this is one that came up yesterday. I don't think I'm good enough to attract a really great partner into my life. This was just a client that I was working with yesterday. And that is a limiting belief of like, I'm not good enough to attract, you know, a person into my life. Yeah. Now that belief, I like to kind of look at the belief as in it's a table. So you have the belief on the top of the table and then there's the legs of that table and the legs of the table are the stories that would make you think that belief, that would make you have all those thoughts create that belief. And so some of the stories, you know, for particular clients around this might be like, I had somebody cheat on me. And it really, really hurt me. And then it made me think that I can't have anybody. I had, uh, I saw my family members, you know, have split and splits and breakdowns in the relationships, which makes me think that I can't have this or, you know, I'm not able to attract somebody into my life. So we have all these stories that hold this belief in place. And that for this person is quite a negative belief because what they want out of life is they want a relationship. They want, they want to meet somebody. For somebody else who doesn't want a relationship, that belief is not a problem because they don't want it. <laughs> so okay, it's not true. negative because <laughs> it doesn't affect them. <laughs> so yeah. and whole beliefs about different experiences and different parts of life. So my job is to help you look at the stories and go, let's just pull that out. And like, let's really look at that. Is that true? 
Is what you've told yourself true? No, probably not. Okay, if we pull out one of those stories, the leg of the table is starting to fall, which means that essentially the the table's less steady within the system. So your belief is starting to be unpacked and it's starting to shift and change. So when it comes to a belief, you know, if and I've had clients do this where they've done personal development courses and they're like, okay, what are all of your limiting beliefs in life? Write down all of them. I'm like, that's is there's no purpose in that. What like you're just gonna make yourself feel shit about yourself. (laughs) Just if there's (laughs) beliefs that are holding you back from your goal. So if you have a goal and you're like, I want to go to this place, and then I have and I know that there's stuff that I there's thoughts, thought patterns that are holding me back from that. There's going to be beliefs tangled in that, and that's the stuff we've got to work on. Not all of it, because I still have limiting beliefs. I know Courtney, you'll have them. Everybody yeah, that's listening course. to this has them. So it, there's, yeah, no good or bad. It's just okay. Is this holding me back, or is this pushing me forward? Yeah, and that was a lot around that course that I did. It was all about goal setting and achieving your yeah. goals. And so one of the first things we did was figuring out your limiting beliefs. And so when I sat down to write down my goals. Before I had done this course, in no way did I think that I didn't even believe I could achieve my goals. But when I Mm. unpacked it, I actually did, which was the crazy thing. And I also caught you at the start when you said that it takes a lot of hard work to be successful. And then you kind of said, I'm not sure I believe that anymore. And I was like, wow, that was one of your limiting beliefs that you've just live corrected here (laughs) for us. Yeah. (laughs) Because you were shoveling shit for your parents and that was one of the legs, right? It was one of the legs. And watching my parents grow up, I was like my mother, she worked her ass off. My dad, he worked in multiple businesses. Like everyone around me, I saw them working so bloody hard. And so that was so firm in my system. And so these beliefs can come from places, yeah, these beliefs can come from places that, as you said, like from when you're really young or it can come from like a a bad heartbreak or something that's happened a few days ago. Like it can just be coming from like the very beginning or recently and you don't even realise that you're getting all this supporting evidence to believe these beliefs that are maybe holding you back. And so how does one like find a limiting belief? Like if I was like, I don't know what I think is holding me back. Where does one start? So look at the goals, like, okay, what do I really want out of life? What am I desiring? What am I trying to manifest into my world? And then what is the story I'm telling myself that's saying that I can't do that or can't have that or can't experience that? And within that story, you're going to figure out or like, because it's usually a yucky feeling. Like we have a pit in our stomach. We have a tightness in our chest. Our hands get a bit sweaty when we think about it. Um, And there'll be beliefs in that story that you're telling yourself. Of like why it hasn't happened yet or, you know, all those things. So for for me in this course, one of the things I did was like to be more sort of in control and financially independent was mine. I was like, that's what I want to do. But then when I was like unpacking it, I was thinking I actually don't even think I'm that in control because like everything I do is part of this business with my business partner, Sam, and I don't actually think I can make my own independent money and when I sort of mm. broke that all down I was like oh god this is there's a lot in here and then yeah. from that course is when I then started my stationary thing and I make my own independent money there and so it kind of I was like it. I would never have done that had I not realized all of these things that were kind of like holding me back from even like the first step of achieving this goal absolutely yeah because I mean yeah. look a belief the beliefs that we have and that we hold about life, it's kind of like you're wearing a pair of glasses and you have all of these lenses that are getting placed on top of the pair of glasses. So as you're looking through, you're seeing the world through the lens of your belief systems. And if you hold the belief, like, you know, for example, I can't be financially independent, 
then you will unintentionally put that out there, which means that you can sabotage, you know, you could have sabotaged the the stationary stuff. You could have potentially sabotaged and like slowed yourself down being like, oh, I don't know, I'm nervous to do it. And then it takes six, 12 months to get it out because you're looking at life through the lens of that because it's your truth. It's your truth. Oh, I can't yeah. do that. So why would I, you know, make anything different? And the mind it's a meaning-making machine. We're always looking for meaning in everything, <laughs> unintentionally. Unfortunately, <laughs> <Love that>. it <laughs> happens. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we will see the world through the beliefs that we hold. So there's nothing, you know, wrong or bad about any kind of belief and it doesn't, you know, it's just if it affects you in your day-to-day life and it's holding you back from being the person that you want to be in life. I think that um, one of the big things as well, especially for women, is that struggle around low self-esteem and mm. not enough confidence and that belief in themselves. Is that something that you see a lot with your clients? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, life for whatever reason has uh, pushed them down and made them feel like they're not enough. And th- we see this in every area of life in general. I mean, it doesn't take much to think you're not enough when, you know, you put on the tally screen and you see perfection, essentially perfection. You yeah. look at Instagram, you see perfection. You see um, you see everyone's highlight reels. You see, you know, no one's talking about the real shit. Well, we hope to and it's all changing. I know you do really beautifully. Um, but, yeah, it's easy to have that low self-esteem when we're holding ourselves to these unrealistic standards all the time about who we should be, how we should look how we should sound, uh, who we should be. And it's just unmanageable. It's unmanageable. Yeah, comparison is a really tough one, isn't it? It's something that um, you see so much and like young girls especially, you see it even more because you know, Instagram, it's just everywhere. And then the yeah. hard thing is, is like we know we're looking at a highlight reel. I yes. know I'm looking at a photoshopped image, but yeah. you still make the comparison. It's just so damaging, mm. isn't it? It's, it's scary, isn't it? Even though you know you still, like, you know, mm. when you go to buy a mascara, you see the Maybelline ad and you're like, I know those lashes aren't real, but I'm yeah. excited to try this <laughs> mascara. <laughs> you know, oh, it's really? like it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, what, what am I thinking? I know that that's not right. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And I think that, um, yeah, that's why, obviously, I try to, for me, I even stopped using filters altogether yeah. because even seeing myself doing that stuff was impacting myself as well. It wasn't even mm. necessarily other people. It was like me seeing myself as this perfect image all the time online. And then when it came, the filter came off and I was like, oh, God, yeah. look at me. You know, it's like that is not healthy to be thinking yeah. of myself like that. I just need to be showing up as I am. And then the other day I um I posted some old like throwbacks from last yeah. year when I was using filters. And I got so many comments people being like, oh, my God, you look so like fresh in this. I was like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Like there's a filter on all these things. <laughs> what you're seeing today is no filter. <laughs> um, but it was so – it was actually funny to see myself like, wow, I – thought I was just using like a light changing filter. I never used any like facial yeah. changing, like bigger lips or any ones, ones like that. I was always like, oh, it's just a light changing filter. But the light changing still made my skin look better. Sometimes yeah. it made it look more tanned or it made it look like it was like a bit smoother because you couldn't see my freckles as much. And so I was like, wow, I, I look so different there. And I every day that's what I thought, like, oh, I should be looking like this. And it's just crazy for yeah. your mental health. But what is like your tip for a woman who does have really like low self-esteem? What sort of is the base that you start out with women that mark that as one of their sort of like belief systems that they're like not worthy or not good enough? 
So I always like to normalize the experience, which can sound odd, but every single person I have ever come into contact with, friends, family, clients, everyone has struggled with their self-esteem at some point and has had seasons of their lives where they're not feeling themselves, you know, and yeah. And so when it comes to this sort of thing, I, I always like to go to the the absolute basics of like, you know, meditate, like take time for yourself, doing all those bits and pieces. Um, but a big thing around this is also getting to know yourself, like getting to know what you want out of life, getting to know who you are. Because when we're experiencing that, we can be comparing ourselves to so many other people that we don't even we don't even know what's really important to us, and so we're going, oh, who am I? What's important to me? Um, and then recognizing all of the great things that you have done, accomplished, um, and the great qualities and the great traits that you possess, and noticing and understanding that we're constantly in a in a period of growth. The whole lives we're going to be growing, we're going to be shifting and changing. And so, yeah, I like to normalize it, but then also starting to build up that confidence by looking at the great things about you. And, you know, you hear a lot about like this self-love movement and I, don't get me wrong, I love the self-love movement, but it makes you think that you get to a point where you look in the mirror and you're like, I love all of these parts of myself and you, oh God, no. <laughs> you know, and you say all these things or you're like writing down all the great things that you love about your, your body or your life. And right now, for some of some people listening, if they have, if they're struggling with this, that's not where you're at. Like don't, don't force yourself to say affirmations that make you feel like you want to hurl or you want to punch the person that told you to do it. You know, if it's not feeling <laughs> in alignment for you. Yeah. <laughs> so meet yourself where you're at and just starting off with the basics, getting to know who you are, getting to know your values, what's important to you, um, and looking at the great things that you do each day and the great qualities that you possess about yourself. And when you start to understand how everyone thinks, the fact that everybody deals with this, I still deal with this. Like I went through a season earlier in this year where I, I was on a hormone thing and I just got so sick and it made me really, really flat emotionally um, where I I had a, just a really bad reaction, to be honest. Like it just was, my doctor was like, you've had the worst reaction I've ever seen. Um, oh, God, yeah, so, I remember you in the hospital and everything. That's right. Yeah, no, it was fine. But, you know, it's like it is what it is. I just couldn't walk around the block. Like any, doing anything was really hard. So I was struggling with how I felt about myself during that time. And I have explained this to a lot of my clients and they're like, wait, no, you struggled with that? Like you were struggling with low self-esteem during that time? What do you mean you were? And I'm like, we go through seasons. That was my that was a season Human. of my life. And I came out of it and it's not going to last forever. So it's, you know, for everybody listening to this, it, it does, it can be a season. And if you do those little steps, you will make changes and you'll see evidence. Yeah, and I think something that I have spoken a lot about this podcast on this podcast is obviously I've gone through like a lot of ups and downs with yeah. my relationship with my body image specifically, mm -hmm. which I think is something that a lot of women do struggle with. And it wasn't until last year that I kind of Instead of like trying to do all the work to get to that self-love point, I didn't truly believe I could ever become Lizzo and be like, yes, loving all the curves. I didn't think that I would ever get there. So it, I think that advice that you gave about figuring out your values, because when I looked at my values, my appearance wasn't high on them, but I yeah. was actually placing it as a top priority. But I actually, it wasn't a core value at all, but yeah. I was 
like acting as though it was. I was allowing it to impact me in a way that it was. And yeah. I've said before, you know, on your tombstone, your weight isn't going to be on there. No. You know what I mean? And like what you, your, your appearance was, whether you were hot or you weren't hot, you were attractive or you weren't attractive, that's not going to be on there. And people are going to be left with the things that you've done, how you've impacted people and what you've done on, for the world. And like, you know, how yeah. you made people feel when you were with them and those happy memories. No one's going to say, I remember this time Courtney looked really hot in this dress in my eulogy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, those are not the important things. And so instead of trying to like love myself, I realized, look, I'm probably never going to like these, this cellulite and this wrinkle and this curve yeah. and this bump or whatever it is, but that's okay because it's yeah. not that important. It's yeah. not that deep to me. What is Absolutely. important is what I'm doing at work, how I am with my friends and what yeah. I'm doing, having an impact online and changing people's lives. Like those mm. are the things that are important yeah. to me. And so when I kind of took the pressure off, like it being a high priority on my list, and don't get me wrong, I still like put makeup on and want to look nice. Yeah. But if I have that wrinkle or that dress looks a bit tight, like I'm just my care factor is so much lower than what it was yeah. because I don't place all my worth in my appearance anymore like I was previously. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's so I think awesome. that's that's so true talking about thinking about what your actual core values are because I, I don't think that many of us would put like when you really think about it, is your core value your appearance? Do you know what yeah, I mean? And some people it would be and that might <laughs> yeah. be something that you need to like unpack as well because – at yeah. the end of the day, that's that's not really what matters. We're all going to, you know, go through ups and downs with our weights. We're going to look different as we age. And I think that yeah. it can be really damaging if we f place all of our worth on how we look because the reality is, is as we grow, society tells us that we're going to, like, you know, getting older isn't as appealing unless you're a man, of course, and men age like a fine wine. But as a woman, <laughs> we're supposed to look young. And that's a young, that's a, a losing battle. None of us could look young forever. So we're Absolutely. in this game that none of us can win and we're going to feel shit about ourselves. So, like, what's the point in wasting time on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so with you there. So I love so that. Yeah. Being neutral is helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have some sort of like any um, like homework or tips for people who like can practice like little things like in a moment if they're like, oh my God, I'm not feeling very confident when they're like about to go in for a, a pitch for a meeting or they're about to walk into a party or like, you know, those moments before where you have that spiral before you're about to do something where you're like, oh my God, I'm not confident enough to do this. Do you have like a little, a little pick me up that you could give people that's like a quick tip to like help change your mood a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. So firstly, if you think everyone has it figured out and the people that you're going in and seeing and working with, or, you know, if you're going into a pitch and you think they have everything worked out, just know that they don't. They, no one does. Like everyone. We're all winging just, it. We are fumbling through life. All of us are fumbling through. I don't care how old somebody is, how young somebody is, everyone's fumbling through and they're doing the best that they can. And there is no such thing as like an expert at life. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't exist. Um, and so when we're kind of like doing those little bits and pieces, I just want you to know that like you possess and you hold all of the traits within yourself already. So you have confidence within yourself, even if you, you can't identify it right now and you don't feel it right now, you do possess those traits. So something as simple as acting as if, and kind of taking on the role, you know, coming back to my acting world, taking on that role <laughs> of that person who knows how to do that thing or feels really confident in what they're saying. You don't have to necessarily believe in it because you can't always believe in it. There are moments where you're going to feel nervous, you're going to feel uncomfortable, but just act like you are that person. And I can almost guarantee you the people who are interviewing you are going to have absolutely no idea. 
It's like that whole Beyonce Sasha Fierce thing where she has that stage um, persona that she puts on. Yeah, because in real life she's not that person that's up there like shaking it and dancing and singing and all the confidence. She's just like a normal woman. But you have to like put that persona on. I love that. And for me another tip is like always music as well. Like I put on something that makes me feel powerful. And and I've also seen lots of research around um, this like Superman pose. Have you seen that? Yeah. So works. like it's think about it what Superman does with his hands on his hips. If you stand there for like a minute or so in this like powerful position, mm. you kind of like your body feels that powerful, I guess, confidence as well. Yeah, so there absolutely. are all these like little tricks I think that you can do. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's part of the, I mean, it's different obviously because you're just standing, but it's, um, it's, you know, acting as if like, okay, if I was a really confident person right now, how would I hold myself? Would I be slumped over like this or would I be holding myself up high? you know, and you will yeah, feel different that. based off of that. And, you know, there's been studies around just even smiling and how much of a difference oh, yes. that can have on the impact of your mood. So if you smile and you force yourself to smile, you'll find that you'll giggle a little bit, even if it feels a bit forced. Um, you'll giggle a little bit, but it will automatically put you in a more resourceful place and in a happier mood. Um, so, yeah, we need to smile more often. It's always fun. Yeah, I love that. And I also think that there's there's so many things as well. It's like, oh, my God, I don't want to go into the bathroom and stand like Superman. How ridiculous. But it's like if you can't like be silly in front of yourself, like what are you doing? You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like who cares? If it's going to help, just do the silly thing that's going to help. You know what I mean? Or put some headphones yeah. on and pretend you're bloody Lizzo. Go for it. You yeah. know, you can be Absolutely. Sasha Fierce. So I, I love that kind of. The other kind of thread that I'm getting from everything that you're saying as well is that you keep bringing it back to that everybody feels this way and like all yes. the things that we're talking about and everybody at some point has felt this. And I really love that um, making everyone feel seen, heard and not alone. And that like, mm. even though we're all unique beings, we're all exactly the same. <laughs> and I really love that. And it really rings true for me. Like, for example, just like last night, I jumped on Instagram and I talked about how I was feeling with, you know, obviously stage four cancer. And recently I've had like a lot of friends talking about like upcoming plans or life plans that they're having. And everyone's so excited because the borders are going to open and we're going to be able to travel overseas soon. And I had this like bit of a slump the other day because people are talking about going to Bali and going to Europe and, you know, these big like life things that are happening for them for like upcoming stuff for them and I was like it was that realization of like wow everybody's planning futures and I can't even plan next week because I don't know what's going on with my life I don't know Mm. what what I have for me coming up and that was really difficult and I just got online last night and just talked about it and I had so many people being like oh my god I also have cancer I have like some sort of a you know disease or autoimmune disease something that impacts their future and they were like I feel so seen I thought I was the only person that felt this way I felt so negative thinking like that and you just articulating it in just this very general like hey I felt this today that triggered me and that came up yeah um was like oh my god now I feel like I'm not alone it's just like I feel so sad that everybody thinks that all their emotions are just like they're the only one experiencing it it's just like when you voice them any emotion I feel online I get tenfold back at me I'm the same I hear you girl oh my god I feel that as well that's made me feel so much more seen and it's just so interesting to think that we all think we're alone in this Mm. when everyone's feeling everything on the spectrum of like emotions you know we're meant to we're we're meant to you know and I I think that that's really beautiful and I love and that's 
part, like part of the reason I love, and I, I do, I'm not going to lie, I do fangirl because I do watch your stories quite, quite religiously. <laughs> and, um, uh, when I see some of the stuff that you post, I go, wow, what a massive permission slip for people to be allowed to feel everything because yeah, you know, we do, we shut it down. We shut it down. We pretend like you know, most people will pretend that they are perfect or that they're handling it really well. And, you know, it's not to say that they should have to share everything online. That that might not be for everybody. Um, but, yeah. you know, being open and honest about our journeys I think is really important because it uh, makes sure that shame starts to disappear because we are all experiencing it, you know. And, you know, anytime exactly. we're taking life a little bit too seriously, I just like to say we are on a floating rock in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in meat sacks. So, you know, don't take life too seriously. <laughs> Everybody's thinking the same things. There is no thought that anyone has had that another person hasn't had in the past. You know, we all have weird exactly. things that we think, you know, fucked up ways of looking at the world and it's all perfect. It all, it all gets to exist. So, yeah, we all get to feel. I, I do this all the time. I tell my clients, um, I was telling them the other night, they're like, you know, so what do you do if you're feeling the, the negative emotions and you're feeling like quite overcome? And I'm like, well, you know, we've been living in Melbourne lockdown. So that's quite, has been, you know, for some people's nervous systems, it's been quite overwhelming. I'm usually pretty good, but every now and again, I'll be like, ah, this, this sucks. This is not fun. <laughs> I cannot leave. I cannot do yeah. anything. It's just my, my experience. Understandable. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> I do this really odd ritual where I will light candles. I don't have a bath in the house that I'm living in currently. I'm manifesting a bath in the next house, but I will light candles <laughs> in my shower and I'll shut off all the lights and I'll have a shower. Well, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I'll play the Bridgerton soundtrack. Not kidding. Like, I played you know, that in the shower this morning. I literally really? played that soundtrack <laughs> in the shower this morning doing this thing. That is actually that's wild. So weird. <laughs> Start off wildest dreams. Oh my god, that is crazy. That is amazing. Yeah, so I listen to that for some reason. It lets me cry. It just lets me cry, and I will be. <laughs> I'm showing my producer. I'm like pointing at my like recent song list. I'm like, look, it is literally Bridgerton. <laughs> I love it. That's so I love funny. it. So yeah, I will do that and I'll like move, I'll do, I do a lot of embodiment stuff. So like embodiment practices, so I'll like move my body, I'll use subtle touch, I'll use sound and movement and I'll t cry and that, that soundtrack for some reason just does it for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that I do. I like do it probably once a week at the moment where I just let all the emotions out. And after it, I'm like, mm, I feel like I can take on the world because you're letting it out I love that. and we're all doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think for, for me, one of my limiting beliefs that I learned last year was that emotions were a sign of weakness because that's what I was taught sort of as a child. It was like, you're all right. She'll be right. Get on with it. Suck it yeah. up kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and so that was a limiting belief for me. And so me showing up online, telling everybody like all the things I'm thinking and like feeling like this is okay and this is actually empowering to tell other women this yeah. is really the opposite of what I thought so long ago where I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I shouldn't tell anyone this. I should be embarrassed of feeling like this is a weakness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, no, being able to, like, show vulnerability is a really powerful thing. And Absolutely. what does it mean because you talk a lot about empowering women. What is an empowered woman to you, Laura? An empowered woman to me is a woman who – who knows the truth about who she is 
She is aware of her desires. She goes after them fearlessly. She experiences emotions, allows them to move through her body with ease as much as one can because she knows she's not perfect. (laughs) Uh, An empowered woman is connected to her soul. She's magnetic in her nature and she's aware of her own gifts and she knows how to feel and experience pleasure. She knows how to communicate, set boundaries fearlessly and take care of herself so that she's also able to influence and impact the world. So that to me is an empowered woman. Wow, what a woman. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I try to embody her sometimes, but not every day are we able to. <laughs> um, and what are some signs, because you obviously talk about your, your fulfillment coach, what are some signs that maybe we're not fulfilled? And that was actually a really hard thing for me to understand because I didn't know it until I got the cancer diagnosis and I was coasting through life and I didn't realize that Mm -hmm. until I had something that kind of like awakened me and I don't want everyone to have to get cancer for an awakening. So what are some signs maybe that like someone is not feeling, they're not fulfilled or they are suffering from like burnout? What are some Mm -hmm. signs or red flags that maybe we should be like, oh, am I fulfilled? I don't know. Yeah. Um, So I mean, it varies for each person, but it's uh, that feeling where you're discontent. You're not feeling content. Um, You're kind of lacking that excitement. You're lacking joy. You're lacking the fun. You've kind of lost the fun out of life. Um, Some of us, it can show up and manifest in ways where we feel like we've lost our purpose. Like, what am I doing this for? Why am I even doing blah, 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 blah. Um, We can become really cynical and quite critical of life in general. Uh, A little bit irritable, not taking enough time for ourselves. Lethargy, like experiencing extreme forms of lethargy. So those are sort of some of the telltale signs. And it even can be deeper than that. They're like the physical ways it can manifest. But Um, just a deep sense of unfulfillment, like knowing there's something more for me. And I don't know what it is, but I know that there's something more for me here. Okay. Mm. I love that. I think that's, if I had thought about those things and really sat down to think about it before the cancer diagnosis, I think I would have seen some of those signs in my life, but I wasn't looking for them. And so I think that maybe everyone today, if they could just sit down and like, think about if you don't know if you're fulfilled or not, maybe that's a sign that you're not. Yeah. And as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you can't tell, that's probably yeah. not a good thing either. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I think fulfillment to me and the definition changes for everybody. So like what you need to define yes. what fulfillment means to you. Um, but for me, it's like really knowing and understanding myself. That's really, it's a big part of it. So if you're feeling like, you know, oh, I don't really know, I don't really understand this, 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 that could also be a sign. But with the burnout piece, burnout is a slow burn. So you won't notice it initially. It's a slow burn. It's like a little dull flame, like a candle flame that's just there and it's flickering away and it can flicker away for months, even years before you notice it. And that's okay. <laughs> like normalize that too, you know. Burnout yeah. is a slow burn and we don't always notice it because it's so subtle and we become used to our environment and we become used to our patterns of thought and our patterns of behavior. And for some people it does reach the point where you're like, wow, you know, I'm having this meltdown. I hope that that doesn't happen for many Um, but you know, again, that's why I say doing self-development, personal development, spiritual work, don't, you don't have to do it when you're broken or you feel like you're burnt out or you feel like, you know, Oh God, I, I I need, I need something because I'm really not coping. You know, I think everybody in this day and age can benefit from it because even, you know, if you're not in that place, there's always something to get out of it because, you know, it's allowing you to grow and reach your fullest potential. 
Yeah, and I think self-development for me personally is about building tools so that when you need them, you've got them in your tool yeah. belt rather than when I need it, now trying to build the tool belt because yeah. I think reactive and proactive are two very different things. And for me, yeah. it was all about being proactive with making sure like, oh, cancer's big and bad. I better make sure that I'm prepared if my mental health goes downhill here. And yeah. it was about, and I think that that work I put in last year has helped me so much right now mm. because I'm all like getting that tool bat out every day now where I'm like, what are the tools? Got to get yeah. on the tools today. You know what I, I mean? It. Whereas if I hadn't have built that before, I might be a complete mess now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's just so important to, even if you were like, well, I'm not struggling, it's sometimes important just to still do that self-development work because mm. we all go through highs and lows in life. And when you hit that low, if you have to build it from scratch, then it's, it's going to be a much harder mountain mm. to climb than if you already have it ready to go at your disposal when you most need it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. And I, I think that, yeah, being, yeah, being proactive is a beautiful thing. It's really, really beautiful. And, you know, just getting curious, like, hey, what, what do yeah. I want out of life? Like most people don't even ask themselves that question. I've had so many clients that have come and worked with me and they're like, I don't know what I want and I don't I don't know where I want to go because I don't even know what's possible. So you Yeah, know. that's what I was like before that too. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, I don't know what my goals are. What am I even doing? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that I wanted to I wanted to touch on, like self-development is all really nice and you know, like you and I have no children and we're just living yeah. this child-free <laughs> life. Exactly. <laughs> um, and our, our careers are our babies and that's all well and good for us. But then there are some women out there who have kids, they have a partner, they have a demanding job. Yeah. And for them, the thought of like taking time to do a course or read a book or meditate is like, that is way down on the list of priorities. Yeah, which is fine. How, yeah, how do you talk to women or what are the tips and advice you have for women who are like, I don't have time for self-development? Yeah, so um, I have a lot of clients right now that I'm working with that are all uh, new mums. So I've been working with this a hell of a lot more recently than ever before um, and, you know, mums just in general. But big thing is not doing all the things. Like you don't have to do the meditating, the journaling, the breath work, the, you know, the me time, the blah, blah, blah. It's not about doing all the things. It's about choosing what works for you. So I would, I would employ you to set aside like, you know, it can be 10 minutes in a day or five minutes in a day if you need to and going, what, what do I really need? And having a list of things that you can try and that you can use and asking yourself, what do I need today? Looking at the list, picking one of those things and doing one of those things and then seeing what starts to stick and what starts to work for you. Um, a big thing as well is the meditating piece. You can do this for literally one to two minutes, one to two minutes. Do it whilst you're on the toilet. I don't care. <laughs> just make it a priority. <laughs> I know it's sad. I know it sounds bizarre, but even, you know, if you're at work, you know, go into the bathroom stall, take a few deep breaths for a minute. You know, it it's can, you can make this stuff manageable, um, but I just I always kind of live by the idea of, like, we do need to make time for self-development. Otherwise, um, if we don't make time for it, eventually there'll, there'll come a point where, it will make time for you. So you, you'll have to do it. So it's better to just start yeah, to incorporate so it sooner and slowly and ease your way in. And for some people, you know, doing a course is not right for them. You don't have to do a self-development course in order to start practicing self-development. 
it's just a really easy, it's a much more easier way of starting because, you know, you, you're with a bunch of people and you're not overthinking everything by yourself. Um, but you're yeah, starting off really small, just like little baby steps each day. Yeah. And yeah. I, I did that as well, whereas like I was like, okay, this month I'm trying meditation. Yeah. Okay, that, that part didn't quite work for me. Now I'm trying sound healing or like now this month I'm going to try journaling. And I kind of yeah. did like bits and pieces of things along the way. It's like this month I'm going to read this book. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like okay. I wasn't like I'm going to do all of these things this week and see what sticks. It was like I'm going to try and incorporate a few of these things into my daily routine. It was yeah. one of these things into my daily routine, see how it goes, if it doesn't fit right. And for me, you know, a lot of those like sound healing um, and meditation didn't quite sit right for me. So I, I ended up that figuring out my own form of meditation, which was through like music and like dance and like that kind of stuff. And that was the way for me to like forget everything else going on in my mind, I guess. Everything else, I couldn't ever really quiet the noise down that I needed to. It was just like a time where I would meditate and all I would do is make my to-do list. And so I was like, (laughs) I just can't seem to get this across the line here. I don't think it's being beneficial for me. It's actually really good for me to get my to-do list thought about, but I don't know if it's helping my mental health. Um, And so I kind of had to find my own. I think that that's what it is about. And even with journaling, I didn't like, at one point I was like, I'm going to do morning pages, which is you're supposed to sit down every single morning and write like three four pages of your thoughts. And I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous, totally unmanageable. I'm going to journal when I feel I have something that I need to unpack. And that's what I do now. It's not like every day I sit down and go, dear diary, this happened today, because that's not who I am and that's not manageable. But when there's an emotion I want to unpack, then I will unpack it. And so it was about me figuring out how these tools work for me and not yeah. how, you know, necessarily everybody uses them. Everyone can use them in different ways. Yeah. But I think it is manageable to try one thing for the month and be like, what is the one small change that I'm going to try and test this sort of like self-development world for me this month? Yeah. No, I, I love that. I really love that. that. And yet we have to make it manageable. And exactly. I've it has to clients, fit in as part of your life because otherwise you won't do it. Yeah. Like I've had clients who have worked with coaches and they've been like, okay, you're going to start your morning routine and you're going to wake up at 6.30 or like 5.30 oh God. and then you've got 90 minutes to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't even do that. Like that makes me feel unwell. I can't do that because it's not about doing yeah. all the things. It's just about doing one or two things that feel really good for your body. Otherwise we make these rituals become like a chore. Yeah, that's what I found. Oh, I have to journal, and oh, I don't want to do that thing, and that we don't want it to become, you know, something that you you hate doing because you're not going to get the benefit from it that way. So if you're someone who likes doing the same thing, if you like doing the same thing, like perfect, do the same thing every day. I know I'm not that person. I have to have spaciousness in my diary so that I'm able to choose what I want to do in the day. You see those quotes on Pinterest all the time. It's like, wake up at this time, go for a walk, have your breakfast, then meditate, then do this workout, then do that. And it's like, I'm still asleep (laughs) and I'll get up and I'll frantically eat my breakfast and then I'll do this and that's, you know, that's fine. Then later on the day, I'll I'll do my one little thing that I want to do for the day. And that's like what what works for me because if I feel like it's a burden, it's It's not working for your mental health in a positive way. Exactly. If I'm just like ticking this off a list, it's pointless. So I think that that's, I think with this whole like 4am club or 5am club or whatever the thing is, there's this pressure to everyone get up early and have an entire day happen before the day even bloody starts. Yeah. And it's like, that's not realistic for so many people. And people don't, 
actually enjoy doing that. So yeah, why, why would I want to do that? You it's know just I mean? feeding into the high achiever story again of like, oh, this is what you need to do in order to be successful. It's like, well, no, there's actually no rules. Like there's no rule. Oh, it's a limiting belief. Yeah, it's a belief, you know. So people be like, you have to wake up at this time to be able to do this. I'm like, who told you that? Who said that that's what you had to yeah. do? Because I know a lot of people who don't do that and they're totally fine. <laughs> they're loving life. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you get a I can tell you if I'm working on – if I'm like trying to live off less sleep because I'm getting up early, that's not going to be good for anybody around me. Oh, trust I'm me. With I'm with you. <laughs> so yeah, oh. yeah. Got to make it manageable. Great advice. All right. Let's ask some of the campfire questions. These are questions from the listeners. So we've had someone say that I went through a hard breakup during COVID last year and just can't seem to get my confidence back. Do you have any tips? Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry that you went through a breakup. Breakups are bloody tough. They are so tough. And COVID has been, it's put like a spotlight on relationships. So like if there was ever going to yeah. be a time where people are going to be breaking up, you know, when you're stuck and locked, like locked in your house, it's going to be during those times. Um, so my big piece around this, if, if it happened last year and you're still feeling like it's really difficult for you to manage on your own, make sure that like, please, please, please do some work with somebody because they can help you speed up the healing process and the healing journey. I'm a big believer in that when we, when we have a relationship breakdown, we need time to grieve the loss of the relationship because it's one of the top three stresses that you can experience in life, losing a relationship um, and having a relationship breakdown. So making sure that you have grieved properly as well. So you've let yourself feel it. You're not feeling like, Oh, I should be better by now. And then, absolutely going through and doing some work around that potentially with somebody who can support you, be that a psych, a psychologist, a counsellor, um, if that's a coach as well, whatever works best for you. Um, if not, then I would be asking yourself, what do I want from life and what is important to me in life and what I want to start moving toward and ask yourself those questions of like, what can I do each day to help me feel better that's going to allow me to get closer to the places and the the goals in which I have for myself. Um, So, yeah, but I I really strongly suggest, especially when it comes to breakups, to typically work with somebody because it will help you unpack a lot of what you're thinking in your head um, and shift it a lot faster than doing it on your own, if it's available to you, of course. Excellent. Another one, I'm a people pleaser and often feel like a doormat. How do I change those patterns? So it's important to recognise that with people pleasing, um, it's not actually pleasing the other person. (laughs) It's not helping them because when you are people pleasing, you start to build up and cause and create resentment in a relationship. Because how many times have we been in a situation where we've said yes to somebody when really we meant no? And so they can feel that energy because you can feel it. You can experience that. Like I, I remember one time like I, I said yes to somebody to do something and I, I think I was like helping them move house and I just was not in the mood for being there. And I said yes out of people pleasing. <laughs> Begrudgingly. But, yeah, absolutely, congratulatingly. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll help you. And I was in such a foul mood and that was not fair on the person. I was just like, I wish you didn't come. Like, why are you here? You know, I would have preferred you to say no. If you don't want to come, don't come because it's not helpful for them and it causes resentment. It causes this weird vibe and this weird feeling in the relationship. 
And when we people please, we're not actually worried about what the other person's going to say to us. Most of the time, we're worried about sitting in the feeling of potentially being disliked or, you know, really honoring our own boundaries. Yeah. We're really afraid of that feeling, but get comfortable with it. It's it's fine. You're allowed to you're allowed to feel like, oh, have I done the wrong thing? That's fine. You know, we all feel that way sometimes of being like, oh, did I say no? I probably shouldn't have said no and that, blah, blah, blah. You're allowed to overthink it. I still overthink things all the time. When I say no, I'm like, did I do something wrong? Are they going to be mad? But I just recognize I'm uncomfortable with sitting in the feeling of potentially being perceived as bad or wrong. And it's not the truth. You know, it's better for the relationship if you say no um, rather than just say yes, 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 and then burn out and then want to cut that person off and say, see you later, you've asked too much of me. Yeah. And I think it's also about setting those boundaries because otherwise people will push you as far as you allow them you to be pushed. You know 100%. what I mean? So if you start, I think it's just about slowly being like, okay, well, I'm only going to say yes to X amount of things this week. And I'm going to say no to anything else that comes up. And you sort of start practicing that. No, I can't that boundary setting. And then all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier once you realize that the world doesn't end when you tell someone you can't do something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I think we think like, what's going to happen if I say no, nothing, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And if that's a good friend and you say, sorry, I'm overcommitted this week. I can't do it. I can do it another time. Or like, no, at the moment, and I can't fit that in and your friend is like that's it you're out of my life how dare you say like that's ridiculous that's not going to happen that's not someone you want in your life anyway so I think that when you start to do it and you realize that saying no is just as normal as saying yes to things Mm -hmm. and nothing is going to change then it's okay for you to start set those boundaries and when I say no to my friends I'm like sorry I can't the other day they were like let's go out on the weekend I was like sorry I don't know how I'm going to react to the treatment I can't go I don't want to risk like being unhealthy and like just going for the sake of it and they were like yep cool didn't even like like that eyelid. they were just like whatever I'm like sorry I've got work stuff on I can't do that they're like yep that's cool you know what I mean people just don't like Okay, they just move on about it. I think we think it's like gonna everything's gonna come crashing down. Everyone's gonna hate yeah. us for saying no. And it's like not the case at all. No. Because you know what? Everybody wants to say no to other people's plans. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody understands. Yeah. You know? they, Nobody wants to help someone move. Yeah. And like also, let's normalize stopping asking our friends to help us move. That's the <laughs> removalist people. Nobody wants to help you move. Okay? <laughs> literally, literally, I feel that so much. Um But yeah, I absolutely, I totally agree with you. It's, you know, you yourself, you wouldn't want someone saying yes to you when really they meant no, because you can feel the funky energy that it brings. So if you can feel that funky energy, then trust me, like it, they will feel it too. So just know that it is much better for your relationships if you start saying no. All right, last one. I've noticed I've had a lot of negative self-talk lately and I'm trying daily affirmations, but they really aren't working. I just feel silly and still talk down to myself. Do you have any advice? I would be so curious to see what affirmations you're doing right now because most of the time when I work with women, they are doing daily affirmations that are, hmm, fucking pointless to be completely honest with you (laughs) they do affirmations where like you know they're like okay I feel so negative about like um about how I feel about myself and negative about who I am as a person and then they're being told or you know they've read online to go look in the mirror and say I love you I love everything about you (laughs) no like that's not all like you know everything in my life is amazing and it's all happening for me if that's not what you truly feel right now, don't fucking say it to yourself. <laughs> like, 
don't say that because <laughs> you're lying to yourself and the bigger part of you, the larger part of you, your soul, it knows, no, we don't believe that, bitch. Shut up. What are you talking about? And it, it's going to get meaner yeah. and it's going to get nastier because we all have an inner mean girl. We all have a part of us. We have this ego that is always playing out in our day-to-day life and you're always going to have negative thoughts. The point is never to get rid of the negative thoughts or the negative words that we say to ourselves. It's just about softening the volume of the thoughts. So they're not so loud in your head. So my suggestion would be, you know, looking at the thoughts and then picking something just slightly better. So if it's like, okay, I'm not, I, I don't feel good enough about myself and I'm, you know, I'm a piece of shit. It might be like, I'm a human living on this planet, experiencing human emotions, human thoughts, and I get to be a human. It's okay to be a human. You know, rather than being like, I'm amazing, I'm heaven, I'm blah, 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 because it's just not yeah, going to work. Meet yourself where you're at and incrementally, you know, change the affirmations so that they support your system and you feel good about it. Because if you don't feel good saying it, it ain't working. That's so true. I think for me as well, when I used to have a lot of negative self-talk, which I think even though I've done the work, I still have, you know what I mean? Like, mm. There's no, like, of course, there's going to be days where I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Why did you do that, Courtney? Oh, you're such an idiot. What are you thinking? Oh, you look hard. You know what I mean? Like these things are always going to come up. But um, I think that for me, I as soon as I have it, I'm like, oh, why did I think that? Where's yeah. that coming from? And I try to like unpack it a little bit. And then yeah. I think that you then get that table analogy where it's like, what were all these supporting legs that made me yeah. think that? And then like unpacking those a bit. Yeah. I think it's just about like recognizing, I think it's good that this lady's recognized that she even has negative self-talk because awesome. I didn't even realize I was doing it to myself for so long. And yeah. I was like, wow, I'm a bitch to myself. And I didn't even know if I was saying this out loud to a friend, they would be like hightailing out of here. Like I was yeah. not a good friend to myself. Yeah. And I think when you start to realize it, when you're catching yourself, that's the first step, isn't yes. it? And that's a good yeah. step because you're going, you're understanding, oh, that's not what I've just done there could be maybe damaging to me. And every time you do it, you're catching it. And that's just a little bit of progress there. And anyway, yeah. And so I, maybe you're making more progress than you realize. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, this, I, I teach this in my courses. Like there's certain ways that we think that everyone thinks it's only them that are thinking that way, but we actually all have that way of thinking. And the mean girl is part of us. It's there purely by design to keep you safe and to make sure that you survive. So if you didn't have negative self-talk, I mean, right now in the in the life that we live, it doesn't, it's not appropriate because we, we're not in the kind of danger that we would have been, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um, but well, we're getting it, a caveman analogy. Yeah, literally, you know, it's, but what does happen, what does happen is that, you know, if we didn't have it, you would go racing through a red light and you could potentially kill somebody because there's no inner voice saying, don't fucking do that. Don't blah, blah, blah. Make, be yeah. careful. You know, you do need that to a certain degree. But unfortunately, our, our mind tends to register other situations as being deathly dangerous, but they're actually not. Um, and so, you know, it's important just to recognize like, hey, I hear you. You're trying to keep me safe. You've been you've been created just to keep me safe, but I don't believe you. You're just a part of me. You're not the whole of me. So these thoughts, these, this negative dialogue, it is not me. It is a part of me but it's trying to keep me safe and that sees everything as dangerous and it's kind of like a toddler that's in a totally new environment and doesn't have their parents and is like, ah, I don't know what to do. I'm scared and we'll freak <laughs> out and we'll cause a tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we've obviously unpacked a lot of things today and um, I always like to ask the guests, like if a person was just going to take away one thing from today, what is the one thing you want them to go away with? You are not alone in your thoughts 
in your feelings. Everybody is experiencing different seasons and different levels and layers of life and you're not alone in it. So, yeah, you can't can't fuck it up. I feel like I say love that too much. I need to stop doing that. (laughs) Everything I say, I'm like, love that. I love that. (laughs) Um, All right. What gets you fired up, Laura Grady? What gets me fired up? Well, great music. Like I'm thinking of right now as we're in lockdown and I'm like, mm, what does fire me up? Um, no, yeah, <laughs> being being able to connect with people. I, I love connecting with people. I love connecting with clients. It fires me up. It's what also fires me up is seeing people make changes in their lives and seeing that shift. That makes me so fucking excited and so happy because it's just, yeah, I just have seen so many women struggle with it. So it's awesome to see. And I know that you, obviously you do intake periods for your courses and you're in one at the minute. What is your like next intake period? Do you have one yet or people can just register for pre? Yeah. So um, there's always a wait list on my website. So you can always join the wait list and that is the first place that you'll get notified of any new courses. I do have a course that I, something that I did do live that I'm re-filming now so that people who are really busy, who want want to have access, but they weren't able to do a live recording, they're able to buy that. They're able to still learn all the teachings and all the lessons. So that should be out, fingers crossed, by the time this podcast comes out in a few weeks. <laughs> um, okay, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's called Fulfilled and Free. But I also have like a um, manifesting program that will be uh starting to have an intake probably around December around the time of December to start us in January so that's what's on the cards for the time being new year new you absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll put like uh, Laura's website and stuff in the show notes if anyone who wants to check those out um all right then what I always do is a rapid fire question usually people are in studio and I like pick something out for them but I pre-picked it and the question was what was your last online purchase I always answer as well mine was a dress from dish oh love it mine was a kindle (laughs) oh are you like a big reader? I am. I have like, I, I really love reading at the moment because there's just nothing to do in lockdown. So I just spend so many hours reading because I get sick of watching telly because it hurts my eyes. So yeah, I've just been reading and I bought a Kindle and I was reading last night way too late and um, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> what are you reading at the minute? I was reading the Bridgerton series, literally like so much Bridgerton <laughs> references are coming up right now. Um, yeah, I love that like old Victorian kind of period um, books. I don't know why. I just really enjoy reading them. They're fun. Have you watched Downton Abbey? No, I haven't. I probably should watch it. Oh, though. you should watch that. It's so good. If you like Bridgerton, you'll really enjoy that. Okay, cool. um, all right. What is your attitude of gratitude? What are you grateful for, Laura? Today, I, I'm really grateful to be you know, doing this, this podcast today. Like I feel so full (laughs) at the end of doing this. This is so lovely. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and I also am incredibly grateful for, uh, my partner and my little doggy because every morning I get to wake up and have cuddles from the dog and a big kiss and cuddle from my partner, which I love. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So there's so many like tangible takeaways for people there. You got to put the work in people, do a bit of homework this weekend. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it, Laura. Thank you for having me. I I really loved it.
All right, so let's finish up with this week's thought of the week. Fearlessness is like a muscle. I know from my own life that the more I exercise it, the more natural it becomes to not let my fears run me. Ariana Huffington. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to see more of Laura, you can follow her at Laura Grady. So that's with a double Y at the end, L-A-U-R-A-G-R-A-D-double-Y. Thank you so much for being here and listening to today's app. I'll be back next week with a new episode. But in the meantime, remember to protect the skin you're in. Follow me on Instagram at Courtney Mangan and at She Was The Fire. Bye.